Alright, welcome to another episode here, FaithCast, Ministry of Faith Baptist, Baptist Church of Visalia. My name is Eric Northuck, and Dan Castaneda is with me today, and we are two of the pastors here at Faith Baptist Church, and we're going to discuss something that I think our listeners will find very interesting. We're going to look at the mind versus the brain, and uh, the biblical view of the mind versus the brain. So this should be interesting, right, Dan? In theory. In theory. Yeah. I mean, this was this. We actually just heard this at a biblical counseling conference, and right. it was done done by Greg Gifford, and I just felt like it was very well done and yeah. really helped clarify mind versus brain because that's always a challenge. Yeah, because I think in our culture we conflate the two. Yeah, we do because well, we've talked about this when we went over the history of psychology, the fascinating history of psychology, yes. and then and we saw how we've conflated the the man the the uh, mankind into you know pure materialism and uh and that's what happens with you having trouble with your mic there yes yeah sorry you get it okay uh but we can give you time if you need no 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 you, okay. no, no I'm, I'm done okay <laughs> i've made uh, enough noise <laughs> okay back to uh the discussion at hand here uh yes, yes we we've conflated all into uh into materialistic worldview and we, we do that with the mind you really see that and this becomes very central to to many many things and how we function as as people and an essential divide between biblical counseling and you know hu- human centered counseling yes so because in human centered counseling it's all one in a sense yeah. your, your mind and brain are the same it's just They're, materialistic yes. yeah and and what's interesting about that is you'll see you'll hear a lot of people talking in ways where in the in the church where they're not making a distinction between the immaterial and the material in the way that they talk like it, it has it isn't this isn't just a a thing that's out there you know that that's happening it is in our church and it mm-hmm. is uh, it's actually quite destructive yes um so this i think this is going to be very helpful to make this distinction and hopefully it'll set up those category categories that are important for how we are to live as Christians. So I guess we can start where we started in, in uh, where, where Gifford started. By the way, Greg Gifford is the associate professor, professor uh, of the School of Biblical Studies at Masters University, and uh, he's done quite a bit of work on this particular issue. Excellent work, I'd have to say. And he, he, he started in the conference that we were at this past week and with a man named Clifford Beers, who is known as the father of mental health, the father of the mental health movement. And I was doing a little bit of research on him earlier, and he was a guy who went into the you know, psychiatric ward at, the, at a time, it was you know, the turn of the century, you know, early 1900s. At that time, you went into the psych ward. You were, you lost all, all rights as a human. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you you were you were basically a you know an experiment, in some ways, in many ways. And and he he underwent a lot of things during that experience. He was struggling with depression and and anxiety, and so he went in and 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 basically underwent torture. 
which was common in that day. Mm-hmm. And he came out with the objective of, you know, we got to change the system. And, and then he, he wrote a, an autobiography called A Mind That Found Itself. And really mm-hmm. well-intentioned, I'd say, trying to fix this, this mess of the, of the, you know, so-called mental, you know, if you, mental illness in the psychiatric world at that time. But he's the one who coined the, he first coined the phrase, I think it was in his autobiography, the, the idea of mental hygiene. Remember Gifford yes. talking about that? Yeah, that was his. Yeah. And, and so that's where it started, right? Mental hygiene, and that's morphed into what we call mental health. But so it was a, it was, he's kind of the, the beginning of this, of this movement toward, you know, the, the mind and the, and the brain being, being something that, you know, mental hygiene, like you, you, you can, you know, hygiene is something you do on your, 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 your body. You have good hygiene, you put on deodorant, you clean yourself, you whatever, this, this kind of thing. He, he's sort of bringing it into a, a, a more materialistic mindset. Mm-hmm. And then, and then Gifford also mentioned the conference, White House, White House conference in June seven, uh, on June seven, nineteen ninety nine, where Hillary Clinton held a conference to remove the stigma from mental illness and to begin treating mental illness illness as the illness it is on a parity with other illnesses, and so there's this movement to take mental illness and make it just like. Any other illness, like if you have a mental illness, it's the same as having, you know, it's on, flu. On, on parity as a flu or, or some other disease, cancer yes, or cancer, something like yeah. that. Something treatable. Yeah, something treatable. Something that you can take, you know, and, and, and you know, hopefully find some medications or, or fix something in, in the body. Or more importantly, something that has a biological, right. you know, what's this word, ideology. It, right. it originates in the body. Yeah, the ideology, yeah. So yeah. it's something that has a biological cause, origination yeah. or cause. Yeah. And so, yeah. and notice, I mean, even, you know, Hillary is acknowledging that to this point, that mental illness is still not seen necessarily as, as, by her statement, she's saying that we're not treating mental illness as if it's a biologically caused right. issue. It's on parity. Right. With other illnesses. Well, that's what we want to do with yeah, it, she right, says. Right. I find that very interesting because, you know, we, we live in our world where, where it's just kind of assumed, you know, yes. that that it's it's on parity with, with all those other illnesses. But back in 1999, it wasn't assumed. Mm-hmm. This is a very new and modern way to view yeah. mental illness. Although I think even in 1999, I think they're still wanting <laughs> to... I still think the overall idea is that this is a... A bodily issue. It's organic. Right. right. By then, it's fully yeah. formed into that. She's just voicing right. what. So yeah, she's bringing it into mainstream, but it was already in mainstream. Yes, but I just, I just yeah. find it interesting that that there's this conference that's you know publicly making this mm-hmm. statement. Yeah. And and so so even though even though it's being like taught in schools, which which I remember, you know, being taught in school a, a little bit about psychology and mental illness and. The idea was that it's it's organic in nature, right. right? And so, even though that's being taught, and yet there's still some backlash out there that says, "No, this isn't." There's a she calls it a stigma. We right. need to remove the stigma right. of mental illness and start treating it on parity with with right. sickness, disease, 
and other things that can be treated because all it is is organic. Right. That's basically what they're that's saying. That's what that's what she's saying. Yeah. yeah. And then at that same com- conference, Dr. Stephen Hyman, who at this at the time was the director of the National Institute of Mental Health. He, he, he made a statement, and he said that we have also learned some very important facts about these illnesses, referring to mental, Ill, mental illness. And if I can just encapsulate them briefly, it's that these are real illnesses of a real organ, yeah. the brain. Mm-hmm. Just like a coronary artery disease is a, is a disease of a real organ, the heart. We can make diagnoses, and these di- diseases are treatable. So that that's very interesting. Can we actually say that mental illness, the the you know what is going on in our mind, is originates in our brain? Yeah, is, we, it, is that is the mind the same as the brain? Well, that's what he's saying here. Right, that's what he's but, saying. But yeah. no, you can't say that. Right. Because one is an organ, and the other one is something entirely different. And, and you know, as Gifford pointed out, and as we'll point out here, is that. There is a difference, and even biblically, there's a difference between the two. And the biblical the, the, the biblical model gives room for an organ or what is physically organic as well as something that is immaterial. Right. And it's interesting that he says we can make diagnosis and these diseases are treatable and yet there's no cure. Right. No one's cured mental illness today. Right. They haven't. No. And, and it's because... They're trying to diagnose something that actually isn't treatable. <laughs> you know, it is interesting. I think as we get along in this discussion, we'll see why it isn't treatable. Yes. But when you, but just by that, what you, what you're saying there, you, you look at the cancer treatment as as it's progressed since 1999. When I when I was a young, when I was young, if you got cancer, mm-hmm. that was pretty much it. it. Yeah, you you were you were done right. for. You know they would throw you in chemo and, and hope the chemo didn't kill you. Yes. Now, I mean, cancer will still still kills many people, but they have made such progress. Yes. In treating cancer, it's almost routine, and well, many forms of it is routine. Yeah, that's true. That they can they just oh you've got cancer you need to come in we'll take care of this and and uh, and just keep an eye on it for a while. It's very interesting, but you look at mental illness. Mental illness has. It seems like it, it isn't getting better no, it's by not. treatment. No, it's the opposite. It's getting worse with all of this discovery and supposedly all of these people, you know, these doctors, these psychiatrists and psychologists. It, it's worse than it's ever been. It's, if it, it certainly seems that way. It seems that way. Yeah. I mean, you don't you don't hear people going, "Oh, we finally discovered the medication that's going to cure mental illness," right? Because it doesn't exist, right? And, and, you know, you think of as far as, you know, even diagnosis goes, well, we just had that article, as I mentioned in our prior podcast on psychology, you just had that article that came out last year that totally debunked the whole idea of, of brain chemical issues, you know, serotonin or whatever, and calling it a myth yeah, and saying it's been a right. myth from the beginning. It's right. been a myth. Right, and I think we'll have to point that out here as we go through this, explain that a little bit more, because we're talking about the chemical balances, yes, which is common in our vernacular to it talk is. like, you know, I just got a chemical imbalance in my brain or so, such and such, or, the, or whatever. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll look at that in a, in a minute. But I think the, 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 what we're saying, and I think what we need to make sure our, our listeners understand, that what we're, what we're saying here is that the, the way man is made up 
is that that the, there is an immaterial and there is a material. Yes. And uh, this is this is the way man is. He has an immaterial part and he has a material part. And uh, and and we'll see that the Bible speaks very much in both ways. Mm-hmm. And, and and this is just so interesting because the, the you know when you look at the 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 broad range of of words that are able that the writers are able to pull from to describe what they're talking about when it comes to either the mind or the brain, you know, or or the head, the, they were very careful mm-hmm. in the word that they chose. Yes, and so like you know the the biblical use of the mind that is, that's a good place to start here. What what is the mind in the scripture? Well, there's Daniel six fourteen. Uh, then as soon as the king heard this word, he was greatly distressed within himself and set his mind on saving Daniel. And so you see the use of the of the word mind there. Certainly not talking about the organ, the brain. Right, it's not just a brain set. You, you don't set your brain to... to to set someone free. This is this is a this is speaking of desires. Yes. Right. He doesn't want to see Daniel die. That's that right. was the unintended consequence. Mm-hmm. And he really liked Daniel, and and so now he's 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 contemplating. Okay, setting his desire, setting his his thinking. That's right. On how can I rescue Daniel? That's right. Yeah. So. It's not just you know brain function here. This is this is something where he's completely engaged, all of his being, and you know is an immaterial part of him, mm-hmm. right? And or, or yes. Exodus thirty six two, the Lord put skill in the mind of the craftsman. That's right. You know is is that you know when when you see somebody who is a skilled craftsman, do you think oh wow his brain is able to to do all of those things alone, there, there's a, there's an there's there's something there's an art to it. Yes, right. That that, that goes further than just mm-hmm. that he's able to you know through through his mechanically mechanically whatever do something. Yes, right. because something's guiding the mechanism of right. the arms and everything right. moving together. Right. There's something beyond just the the brain that's guiding the ability to be able to artistically put things together and not just have them in a random haphazard right. hazard way. I kind of like in, in the ESV that verses in Moses, let's see, in Moses called Bezalel and Oholiab, every craftsman in whose mind the Lord had put skill, everyone whose heart stirred him to come up to do the work. Right. So there you kind of see that mind and heart are actually kind of more like synonymous terms. In the, the mind that the Lord had put the skill, whose Is heart... The heart. St- yeah whose heart stirred him up to come to do the work. Yeah. So you're obviously not talking about an organ. Uh, uh, yeah, my heart, my pump, 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 stirred me to do the work. Yeah, <laughs> right. Right, it's, it's, it's immaterial. And that's, right. that's the entire point. Like mind yes. and heart uh, are often in the scripture re- a reference to the inner man. Yes. It's the immaterial man. It's, or, you know, the soul. Yes. His 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 thinking part of himself, his affections, his will. The, the Bible uses all kinds of words to describe the inner man, and, and each one of those is referring to the, something immaterial that, that, is, that is working mm-hmm. inside that man, and that will work even after he dies. Yes. 
when his brain dies, mm-hmm. that thinking function, that inner function... That, doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. Yes. You know, so that the, 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 that's, that's pretty consistent in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, you see the same thing. You know, Romans 14, 5, speaking of, of the weaker brother in, in such things, he says, let each one or each, each person be fully convinced in his own mind yes. so that he's not in sin, that he's, he, he's operating according to convictions. Mm-hmm. Well, that conviction is more than just some material, you know, biological function. This is, this yes. is an, an inner, inner conviction, a, a, yes. a, a certain development of conscience or of conviction that, that goes even beyond... Like, I, I know I've experienced this where I, I come to convictions because I read the Scripture and, uh, and I read and I, and I cross-reference and I pull all this stuff out and I come to these convictions. And then... And I know this is true. I know it, something deep within me knows that this is true. And then maybe I haven't studied it for a while, and someone will come and ask me why I believe something, and I'll be like, "Well, I don't remember all the arguments for it, but I know it's true because there's some kind of inner fortitude that is developed, inner conviction that is developed, that goes beyond just my ability to, you know, to to. It's just it's just it's it's deep. It's much more than just an an external. So. You see that in First Timothy six five, men of depraved mind, that depravity that runs deep within, and so mm. the mind, the mind is an inner, is the inner man. Yes, it's where he, the seat of of his affections and and his thoughts, and it's often used interchangeably that way in the scripture. Yeah, you think of Romans twelve one and two. You know, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable in the God, which is your reasonable service. And then he says, do not be conformed to this world, but blank. Be transformed. <laughs> be transformed right. by the renewing of your mind. brain. Right. <laughs> no, by right. the renewing of your mind, right. by the renewing of your right. thinking. You know, I think when you, I think it's interesting just hearing you say that and, and then, you know, thinking about what Gifford had said. He, he says in the Old Testament, inner man soul comprehending mind affections and will they're all they're all mentioned in, in in the old testament and the new testament and it's it seems like when you're reading the bible it's very distinct like i know when the bible's talking about a physical body right or or something happening to somebody physically right but we also know from scripture what's going on on the inside when the scripture informs us and what's going on in their thinking because they're they're speaking it or they're saying right. and he thought you know and he thought or something along those lines where where we get that idea. So the scripture is always very clear right. in delineating what the difference is between the immaterial man mm-hmm. and the material man, and they don't they're not conflated. Right, they're never seen as equal or, or as being synonymous. Right. The outer man is always distinct from right. the inner man. Right. In the in the in, right, there is a constant right, there is that distinction, you know, Second Corinthians four sixteen, the outer man. Or Matthew twenty seven, thirty three, the place of the skull. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Like what we're choosing to now speak of the of the you know, the housing of the physical brain. Yes. Which is which is housed in a physical reality. Mm-hmm. 
which is distinct from the inner man, which you can't yes. really, you know, you can't, you can't describe it in material ways. Mm-hmm. But here we're seeing material described. Matthew ten thirty: the hairs of your head are numbered. Yes, there, there's. You can say the hairs of your mind. Right, not the hairs of your mind. Or your brain. Right, your head. <laughs> it's your head. Uh, it's physical. Like, it's the physical place right. that houses your brain. And, and the point is that the writers were very purposeful in the word that they chose, whether they wanted to refer to the inner man or to the outer man. There's yes, a distinction. There is a distinction. And, and the, you know, for some of our listeners, they may be thinking, well, duh, you know, but that's not the way that our world is, is, is going right now. No. They're conflating everything into into one, yes, into a physical. So when it comes to the mind, we come to mental illness. It's all being conflated into a physical organ, yes, called the brain. Yes, that's what they mean by the mind. Mental illness. There's something mental wrong illness. with my brain, which right. is why I'm anxious. There's something wrong with my brain, which is why I'm depressed. Right. You know, there's something wrong with my brain, which is why I worry all the time. Right. Or, or whatever it is, they're they're blaming it on brain, you know, physical organic issues. Or, or, or you've heard this, I've heard this. You know, someone does something, and you go, you know, why did you do that? And you say, well, that's just the way my brain works. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's just the way my brain works. <laughs> you know, yeah. it it's not your brain. Right. There, right. There's something immaterial that is that is causing you. Mm-hmm. To act in a way that you are yes. doing it, and sometimes I've I've heard people even even claim certain diagnoses of the brain as if it's their little pet. You know, oh, that's just my ADHD mm. acting out. Yes. you know, that's my ODD or my whatever. Right, like like you own it or something. Like like it, you know, it's just purely physical. It's just the way you are, and this becomes really dangerous. It's just so important that we understand. That there is a dichotomy between the mind and the brain. Yes. The mind being the inner man, the brain being the outer man. Yes. The immaterial person is the source of our thinking and our desires. Yes. That, that's where it comes from, not the brain. That's right. So let me, add, let, let me just ask you this. Can the, can the outer man, the, the brain, if you want to call it that, the outer man issues, can that affect... Inner man or inner man affect outer man? Well, it's, I think you're, you're primarily going to have inner man affecting outer man. But yeah, you can, you can have heat, you know, in your life, you know, causing you, to, causing you to respond inappropriately through complaining. Isn't that what complaining right. is? Like, yeah, it's an, so, so yeah. you get an outer man effect going on mm-hmm. that is causing you. But, but ultimately, like, the real problem is an inner man problem. Right. So you can remove the heat, you know, or the, the issues of your life, and you're still going to have it, a problem in there where, where you're, that tendency to complain when things don't go your way. That's, that's an inner man problem, and that's something that Israel, Israel did, mm-hmm. which, which God f- found it despicable. In fact, it is primarily one of the greatest reasons why he sent them into captivity yes. is because of that complaining spirit. And, and it was there as part of the inner man before, you know, any of the heat. So primarily mm-hmm. our, our problems are spiritual problems. Yes. Uh, they're inner man problems. And I think that's so important. The brain is like a translator. I was thinking of this. You know, what, what is the function of the brain? It's, it's like it, 
I don't know if I can say it this way. It, it, it's like it converts the immaterial to the material. Yes. It, like it translates what's going on in the immaterial man into material actions. So I'm mad at you. Right. And you say something to me and I punch you in the arm. Right. So the brain gets engaged then, then at that yes. point. Because the brain has to activate your, your, your fists, you know, your hands to ball up into a fist. But and, what really activated that was not my brain, but the inner man. Right. And, and it, 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 it translated, if you want to say this, your, your, your brain, obviously, in order to move anything in my body, my brain has to be active, right? Right. So my anger, my anger then is released through my brain, which, which I've said, I'm going to punch you. I'm so mad at you right now. Really, that's an act of hatred. Right. And I punch you in the arm. That's not incidental. No. That's not accidental. Right. You know, I didn't just do that. Right. My brain did that. No. Right. No, no, that all came from the inner man. Right. Right. So when people will do, they'll act out, you know, they'll, they'll pressures of life, you know, that goes back to what you're yes. asking, like you pressures life. And then they act out and, and they act like complete fools. They say stupid things. And then later they go, I don't, that, that, that wasn't me. Oh, it absolutely that, that, was. That, that was you. Yeah, that totally. was you. And, you, yes. you know, that was going on in your heart. It's just the filter was removed. And that's another yes. thing I think to think of the brain. It's like a filter. Yes. It can filter in, into certain ways what's going on inside. So you might you might realize that if I if I punch somebody, that's socially unacceptable. It's going to be getting me in trouble. And your brain might act as like a filter that 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 can that can that can in some ways hold that back. But there are times where you know, like alcohol, mm-hmm. can remove that filter. Yes, drugs can remove that filter. You you have and a lot of things happen. Bad things happen. Yeah, but those don't happen because you're drunk. They don't happen because you're on drugs. No. Because it's already there in the inner man. That's right. You know, you think of Mark 7, and I think Jesus, obviously, being God, understands man. He goes, for from within, out of the heart of man. So everything comes within, out of the heart of man, his mind, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft. That theft isn't an action that I just do on random. Theft is an action I do because it's in my heart. Right. And it works itself out in the physical body. So I steal, murder, which we were just talking about, adultery. Um, there's no such thing as a one-night stand. You know, that adultery is adultery, and you're adulterizing because it's in your heart right. already. It's right. working its way out. Coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. You know, you think of that list, and they're not all just mind things, but they start in the heart. But then they work their way out in actions, and Jesus says all this comes from the heart of man. They all come from within the person, they defile a person. Yeah. And so our actions are always a, an, an outcome of what is in the heart. Right, right. That, that's, that's, the, that's the biblical view. That the brain is not the mind, the mind is not the brain. Yes. And, and this becomes really important. You know, there, there's all kinds of things. Well, if you, you start thinking like that... Then what is mental illness? What what is it? But that that's the the question. What is the mind, and can the mind? Is it possible for it even to get ill? If the mind is an internal inner man, how can it get ill? And if it right. can get ill, or if it cannot get ill, how, you know, or, or if it can get ill, how do you treat it? That's right. 
Yeah, how can you treat the inner man? Right. I mean, what is the treatment for the inner man? Right. And and Jesus would say it's the gospel. Right. It's the transforming work of the gospel that that treats the inner man. That's the only th- that's the only thing that can treat the soul. You know, Jesus said, "What do you give and what can you give in exchange for your soul?" He didn't say, "What can you give in exchange for your brain?" It's your soul. Because everything that's dr- that drives out of the man is soul-based. It, it's your heart. It's your mind. It comes out of your deepest desires, longings, wishes, goals, objectives. Everything that comes out of us, as Jesus said in, in, in Mark 7, 20 through 23 there, comes out of the man. And that's what defiles the man. Yeah. And yet... The, so so when when we hear the term mental mentally ill, I think we naturally think biological. Yes, and we've we've been conditioned to think that way. I must I must have chemical imbalances, which, as you were you alluded to earlier, that ha, that that entire thing was always a theory that there's yes. chemical imbalances. Yes, a theory. And this they they they've refuted it. Yes, they, they, have. they just came out with the this was it this past summer or whatever yeah. saying that that you know that's been disproven. Yeah, totally disproven, and yeah. totally taken down. And the problem was all along that you that you could never prove what is a normal level of of these brain chemicals inside of a per, any individual person. Right. What is a normal level? What is a deficiency looks right. like? What causes the deficiency? And how do you restore that to normal levels? Right. You can't prove any of that. It's completely right. unmappable. It's 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 completely unproven in any way. But they made this theory that said, well, the reason you're doing this is because you're lacking these chemicals. And sure, you can do tests that show chemicals, but the problem is, is you have no way of knowing what a normal amount of, say, for instance, serotonin is that should be in your head. Right. They, they have no idea. They have no idea. And so it's it's all a shot in the dark. It, it is. really is. It's yeah. We're going to adjust the levels and see how you do. Yes. And 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 they, they don't really know. They don't even really know how the medication They, they don't works. know how it works. Yeah. And so what they do is they give you this medication. And so it, it even, even that becomes, in a sense, symptom-based because they give you this medication and then someone goes, I feel better. Right. And they go, oh, well, see... That must prove the theory right. 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 And all you did was make them feel better. Right. What you know, did what did you actually do in the brain? Right. right. We, you, we right. don't know. And and of course, we are not saying that, you know, no one should ever take medications. That's no. that's not what we're no. saying. No, no, no. We're saying they don't really know what they're doing. They don't know what medications are doing. Yes. They have no idea. Yeah. And they're trying to treat what they call mental illness with with medications. The problem is, is if you actually have a a proper view of the way we are made up, how do you take a chemical and treat an immaterial problem? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't. That's right. There, there, you. It isn't a matter of tweaking, you know, biology. Mm-hmm. It's an immaterial reality, and this is, you know, this this is what we need to understand. The mind is not the brain. The brain is not the mind. That's right. And so you can't treat mind problems, speaking of the internal man, with external man medications. But yeah, you can cause a person to feel better, but that doesn't actually treat the real problem. I mean, you can put a Band-Aid on a bullet wound. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know if it'll stop the blood or not, but you got to (laughs) remove the bullet. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Yeah. You have to remove the bullet if you're better. Right. Right. So, you know, I was thinking the 
the mental illness, according to the American Psychiatric Association, are conditions involving changes in thinking, emotion, or behavior. And then in in the a quote from Jay Adams, uh, speaking of this, he says, the fact is that the words mental illness are used quite ambiguously. Organic malfunctions affecting the brain that are caused by brain damage, tumors, gene inheritance, glandular, or chemical disorders... Validity may be turned mental illness. Avalidly may be turned mental illness. But at the same time, a vast number of other human problems have been classified as mental illnesses for which there is no evidence that they have been engendered by disease or illness at all. So we are not saying that there is no such thing as biological mental issues. If we're yes. talking about, when you say mental illness, if we're talking about somebody whose brain has been damaged, yes, that's absolutely legitimate. Yes. And we would say then that, well, the, the translator is not translating correctly. Yeah, that, that happens. Right. It, it does. Yes. Clearly. But the inner man is still functioning. Yes, it is. Even when the translator is not. Right. Which is really a, which is really a very interesting point because you think, you know, you, you think of people who have, you know, for instance, people that are maybe very weighted on the, if you want to call it the autism spectrum, right. they're super autistic, Right. And yet, biblically, their inner man is fully functioning, fully functioning. It's just that the translator has a problem getting that out, like normal people do, right? Right. So how do you minister to a person that's full-blown autistic, the same way you would anybody else? You you give them the gospel. That's right. It's spiritual. You you go for inner man. Yes, that's right. Yeah. You go for spiritual and and let the Holy Spirit... Let the Spirit do its work. do work. Do His work. Because ultimately, the Holy Spirit can change anyone. Right. right. Because you're talking about inner man issues. It, Otherwise, right. there is absolutely no hope. Right. There's no hope for that individual ever. Right. But you can't believe that. Right. If you're going to conflate the mind with the brain, then there's no hope for those who are permanently bor- born brain yes, damaged. That's right. That's right. Like there's, you know, and, and, until their brain is fixed. That's right. But, but there is hope because the inner man is being renewed daily for for a, for a believer that's right I, I remember as a kid always we used to have these people come to our our church from the sh- from the shepherd's home which is a place in the midwest that works with mentally disabled people who are born with you know mental disabilities like really mentally disabled what you, we used to classify as retarded years ago that's what we used to say right and so they would bring these people out Sometimes they would come with them, and they, the people that they brought with them were people that had actually come to Christ in this home, and their lives were different. They were changed. They knew and they understood the gospel. You, you couldn't look at them and say, well, there's no hope for them because they are entirely mentally disabled. No, the only hope is the gospel because they still have an inner man that responds and can respond to the gospel because that's where the Holy Spirit works. Right. He works in the inner right. man. He doesn't work in the organ. Right. No. So it's, I mean, he can choose to work in the organ if yeah. he wants. But, yes. You know, yes. he has that power to do yes. that. But but he's primarily concerned with our spiritual right. well-being in this age. Yes. Right? We're promised a, a new body in the age to come where, where right. there won't be this kind of broken translator That's right. thing going on. But but there is this this hope and so the, the entire point is that even for those who are mentally, who are, who are physically mentally, if we want to say mental equals brain, yes. brain damaged, 
it is a work of God. It is it is prayer. It is the yes. scriptures over right. and over and over and over That's again. Right. It's the gospel. Mm-hmm. That you know, there's nothing there's nothing different about the inner person who is brain damaged That's right. than any in the inner person who isn't brain damaged. That is such a beautiful thing. Yes, it is. It's such a hopeful thing. Yeah. You think of Romans ten nine and ten it says for for with the in, in Romans ten ten it says for with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. And, and it's with the heart, uh, not the organ, it's the inner man. It's with yeah. the heart that one believes and is saved. And that's just such great news, and with the mouth one confesses. And so you confess with your mouth what is true in the inner man is that you are trusting in Jesus Christ as Lord, in Lord, yeah. as Lord and Savior. And, and man, what, what a great sense of hope for anybody, the drug yeah. addict, the alcoholic, it doesn't matter who yeah. you are, right. your hope is in Christ right. and Christ alone. That's so so interesting. So, th- so what that should do for us is it should make us run headlong into the people who are brain damaged, right? And, yes. and give them the hope. And the yes. people who are, you know, whether born that way or, or through drugs or whatever, like there's hope. Yes. You know, what, 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 uh, you know, I, but, but here's what we've done. And this is the real problem. We have conflated the mind and the brain. We've collapsed the mind and the brain. And so that in our thinking, we're, we've, we've become so influenced by this mono view of man, monism. Yes. That, that he's just material. Mm-hmm. That when we see people who are, you know, too far gone in our thinking, well, right. what's, there's no hope. So, so we're not ministering the gospel. Mm hmm. Like we should be, and, and the other thing is, this is something that Gifford said, which I found very interesting. He said, men, "Mental health, health as, which they don't call it mental hygiene. So beers, he called it mental hygiene, and then it morphed into mental health. But the same idea. Mental health has ushered in the ability to talk about immaterial things and not talk about the Lord. Yes. And so what they've done is they have removed all the need to 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 talk about spiritual things." Mm-hmm. And so yeah. you can go and you can you can meet with the, the psychiatrist and the psychologist and whatever, and they never ever ever have to get to your real spiritual need, which is to submit yourself to the lordship of Christ. No. And what what a what a horrible thing because that's mm-hmm. the real need of man. That's right. That's right. And 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 then there's there isn't this confronting with with our world that there are there are immaterial things there there are spiritual realities going on because it's all been collapsed into a material reality. And so they they don't even think like that anymore. No, they don't. You know, you, it, it's so difficult now to go out and to talk about the Lord because they're like, "What? Well, what are you talking about? What does it have to do with, you know, my you know my problems, my mental, my mental illness, my mental problems, my mental, you know, mental illness. illness?" Yeah, yeah, that's very true. And man, it, the gospel is such a such a great. It's the only. <laughs> it's the only tool. It's the only news. That can actually—it's the only medication, if you want to call it that—that that can actually help anybody. Yeah, it is the gospel, and it doesn't matter what you've been diagnosed with. It doesn't matter, you know, what you are in, in terms of brain damage. If you've been actually brain damaged, because it—the gospel penetrates the heart. Yeah, it's it's, it's right. the heart of man, and that's right. what God changes. Right, and this is why culture cannot cure issues of the heart with a pill. Yes, they can't do it. And this is why, when you have 
mental illness. It seems the greater emphasis emphasis on mental illness in our day, the greater the problems have become because they're mm. throwing pills at people and they're 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 trying they're convincing parents that that your kids have you know chemical whatever going on disorders yes going on that 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 some medication is going to help now look i'm not saying that that there's no place for medication i'm not saying that. no no i'm not saying that you know i'm i'm not you know that you would hope that you would have a doctor who is who's really evaluating your the physical needs of your child and again yes. physical but they are not going to deal with the, the with the spiritual things that are with that the are immaterial going on. issues going on. You know, you think of you think of ODD, and I remember hearing about that a few years ago, and I'm like, what? Yeah, what what is ODD? What is um, oppositional defiance disorder? Right. So, in essence, what it is is just rebellion. Yeah. And when you look at the descriptor in the DSM, it's basically just rebe- you don't like being told what to do. So the D- DSM, the di- Diagnostic Something Manual, I can't remember the, the Diagnostic S. and Statistical Manual. Statistical Manual, yeah. 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 It's, what, it's what the the entire psychological, psychologist, psychiatrist system uses to diagnose different illnesses. Yes. And there's like some... 400. Uh, four, 500. I think it's yeah. approaching like 500 yeah. pages or something like that. And the majority uh, of those or, are almost all of them are symptomatic. They're yeah. they're symptom based. They're not even diagnosis. They're symptom based descriptions of 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 how you can classify behavior, right? Right. And so I've looked at the DSM on ODD before and I'm just like that's nothing more than rebellion. It's it's just right and it's it's very interesting because you know, when you look at the DSM now, we're, I think it's on the 5th iteration, yes. right? DSM 5 now, that's the newest one. And you go through that, and I mean, I haven't looked at it in detail, but I've mean, flipped through it enough, and it's like, well, who isn't going to be diagnosed with something in here? Who yeah. doesn't have a mental illness? Mm-hmm. Everyone has a mental illness. Oh, pretty much, yeah. You could look through that thing and go, oh, that's me. Yeah. That's me. Right. That's me. That's me. Right. Because it's symptom-based. Right. You know, it's based on symptoms. Oh, you feel like this? Well, then you must be anxious. Or right. And that this or, is why you can go out and get diagnosis is whatever you want. Anyone, you yes. know, just go get yourself diagnosed. You become a victim. You're not the, 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 the it has nothing to do with the internal man. You're not, mm-hmm. you, you know, your problems are not your own fault. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's my brain that does this. This is the way That's my right. brain works. Yes. This is it's the way my, my brain ADHD. Works. It's yes. my ODD. Right. You know, my, I've heard, I've heard it. My anxiety kicks in. Yes. You know, the, there is no such thing as general generalized anxiety disorder. That's another one, GAD. Yes. There's no such thing. <laughs> it doesn't exist. No. And and if, if if someone says, well, you know, it does exist, I, I would say, well, prove it. Yeah. Like, scientifically prove it. Show me, mm-hmm. Do the, run the test, do the blood test, and show me what, you know, gene <laughs> yeah. causes... GAD. It doesn't exist. Or ODD. There's no blood test. There's no gene. There's no anything that's going to to be a, if you want to call it a biological indicator that these are actually diseases in the body, which is what they're trying to say, right? And, and so if there's no actual biology to it, then what is it? it right. it's, it it's, it's symptom-based right. hypothesis for the right. most part. And this is what I, what yeah. I would do. If, if you're going to go... And you're going to get yourself evaluated, you know, go to a psychiatrist or whatever. And, and, and they, claim to be, they, they claim to be scientists. Yes. I would be asking, well, where's the blood tests? Mm-hmm. You know, where, where's the proof? You know what they're doing is they're doing what, what you and I can do. 
they're looking mm-hmm. at your symptoms and they're pulling up the DSM and they're and they're going, well, you you said that you're having trouble sleeping, you know. Who was it? Gifford said that, that <laughs> yeah. he went to this whole he went to the the psychiatrist yes. just to see what it would happen. And and they asked him, "Are you having trouble?" Yeah, I'm having trouble sleeping. But they didn't. Bother. But he was being honest. Right, he was being honest. But they didn't, they didn't bother asking they didn't, why. They didn't ask why. I mean, yeah. he had what a year, a year and a half old or whatever, who wasn't sleeping through the night or something like that, or new <laughs> yeah. new baby. Yeah. So of course he's having trouble sleeping, but they they don't ask that. Oh, okay, there's a symptom of trouble sleeping, and then they they diagnose him with mild depression. Yes. Well, I can do that. Mm-hmm. Charge you, you know, what is it, hundred bucks an hour or something? <laughs> At least. Like, I, I could do that. Yeah. I just I would just have to go get my DSM and certification so yeah. that you know I have the <laughs> the backing of that's right of whatever. But this is this is what's going on. It's not that there are no mental illnesses, and I think we need to be clear about that because yeah. th- there are. But you define mental like the mind is not the brain. The brain is not the mind. If you that's mean right. if you mean illness of the immaterial, there's no such thing. No. But the ones that are being diagnosed of mental illness of those, there are some that are. Because they've collapsed it together, it's all mixed together. And, and, and we can say, yeah, there are some that they actually diagnose that are truly physical reality, you know. In origin. Or, or, right, yes. in origin. But a, the vast majority of them are not. That's right. It, that's very, very few. I remember talking with Tom one time, and Tom was like, yeah, there's probably like 15 out of the 450 or 500 yeah. diagnoses that actually have some kind of biological origin maybe he goes maybe at the most 15 in right. the entire book that you could actually say you might have some biology right. to it and i was like 15 out of like out of five five hundred yeah that that's in yeah. that's an insane small amount but that's not what people are being led to believe people are le- being led to believe that mental illness is everywhere and all these people and all your problems there are tied to an organic issue in your brain right when really it's an immaterial issue right that's right and and i think that's it's so important if if you're if you're going to get testing you you know ask them what are you testing for and how do you know that you found it yeah you know and if there isn't some biological thing because there are there are biological reasons for anxiety Mm-hmm. That there are there there's there's things that can happen hormonal changes you know like there there are things that can happen that that can cause your body to respond mm-hmm. in in toward anxiety I think you know it's, it's absolutely true but, but it, go ahead I was gonna say but but it's 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 actually I think it was the doctor we went to a couple years ago and, and we had a doctor at the biblical counseling conference mm-hmm. and he was saying that ninety percent of them I think it was ninety percent are not biological in or of depression yeah. diagnosis are not biological yeah. in origin. Yeah. They're spiritual issues. Mm-hmm. And then if you you know, if if there is something that's biological or it clears up immediately when you right. start treating it. Right. You know, like hypothyroid thyroidism or whatever you call that, where you have a thyroid that's just out of control. Mm-hmm. That can, you know, that can lend itself to depressive like symptoms. But once you start treating it, those symptoms vanish. They go away. And so again, there there's there's biology behind that. And once you get on the treatment, you start taking care of it, then those symptoms disappear. Right. So you know that you're dealing with biology. Right. And I, th- I think that's, that's why being able to go to a trusted doctor who's actually going to test for something is important. 
So, the, you know, the, the essence of what we're saying here is that the mind is not the brain, the brain is not the mind. And all, all prob- there, there may be physical problems, but uh, all problems really are spiritual problems because they're how you, how you are responding to physical problems. Yes. And, in, in, you know, it, it is, it is the, what is going on in the heart, the inner man. That, that, that's what we are called to be focused on primarily. It doesn't mean that's that right. we don't try to, you know, to ease our pain, sure. And that's where medications can come in. Yes. Like even the, the, the psychotropics. Or trauma, mm-hmm. is that how you said psychotropic? Yes, yes. Yeah, like there, there's, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to have this backlash as, oh, anybody's using medications. Or, that's, that's not what we're saying. No, like, if, no. Like there, there are times when it is very much appropriate. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I, I remember hearing the story about a pastor who, who was depressed. And so he, he took, he ended up getting, he started meeting with biblical counselors. They didn't, they couldn't figure out exactly what the source was, but they said, hey, why don't you go see a doctor and let's make sure there's no biology involved. And he was prescribed some antidepressants for a short while, while he was meeting with biblical counselors to work through, you know, issues in his life and things, but then he got off of it. Right. You know, and he, he pulled off of it and, you know, Things things settled back down again, and I don't know if they ever found out exactly what caused the depression. Like, was there a was there a definitive spiritual cause to this depression? And I don't know that they really nailed that down. But the 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 medications did help for a while, and he did he did respond well to his counseling, and and his you know problem went away. And so, again, I'm not saying it'd be, it's a sin to take psychotropics, but I think we need to be guarded. Yeah. We need to be guarded with them and make sure that, you know, it, 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 that the psychotropic itself does not become our source of hope. Right. And, that, and that's the real danger there. Yes. You know, you can, and I think there, there's so many ways that this can happen. One, the psychotropic maybe is shifting your mood because it, they don't know how, right. but it does. They, yeah. they, they don't know how, mm-hmm. but it can make you feel better. But, you know, so, so do various other drugs do the same. I mean, they just, they, whatever they do. But if it shifts your mood enough to where you're not actually dealing with the spiritual issues that are the, the real source of it, you're never going to get better. No. You're never going to deal with it. No. You know, this is, you've got to go and f- you, you've got to search your heart. You know, you, Psalm 139, search me, know me, and try me, see if there's any wicked way in me. That's right. And this is where we get into that whole self-esteem thing that I mentioned on Sunday morning, like self-esteem, when you feel bad about yourself, that, that's your conscience working, what, mm-hmm. what the world calls self-esteem. I, I want to do a podcast on that. Nicholas Ellis has written a book on self-esteem, and I, and I think this is just so interesting. Mm-hmm. He does a doctorate on this, and just so interesting when you feel bad, it's usually because you did bad. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. low self-esteem is usually because you're sinning. Yes. And in uh, anyway, I don't remember why why I got onto that. Just just to say, like, yeah, yeah, because because you've got to work. You got to work with those. Like you you've got to deal with the bad feelings at, at the root. Yes. At the spiritual, at the inner man, at the inner man level. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. So, and the, there's more. Uh, I think we can talk about. We're we're pushing time here. Yeah, I think this uh, has been a great, you yeah. know, introductory piece yeah. here, and maybe sometime down the road we can follow up. But you know, I think it's important that people, you know, our people. I want our church people to understand that we we can't conflate brain 
and mind. Yeah. They're, they're two different things. And I think biblically, consistently, I think you see that biblically as well, is that the the inner man is is separate from the outer man. Yeah. And, and while there is there is interplay between the two, we don't want to make them synonymous. Right. Because that's when we get into trouble. Right. And, and, and you know, apply that to parenting too. Yes. Be, because if you are telling your children that their problem is some biological, you know, some, some biological problem and not primarily a spiritual problem. Yes. You are making them victims of their biology. That's right. And then if, if you're giving them medications to try to treat their biology, but you're never actually treating the inner man, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're making them dependent on, or, or they're, they're, they're either, they're, they're victims, mm-hmm. right? And they're dependent right. on some external pill yes. that isn't going to solve their internal Mm-hmm. Heart issue. That's right, and that becomes very dangerous because you are. That's an anti-gospel, is what it is. That's right. You, you're not. You're not pointing them to Christ. You may be talking about Jesus. Yeah. You need Jesus. You may be saying that, but you are demonstrating. At the same time, you're telling them, but your problem is you're a victim. That's right. You're you're a victim of your biology. Mm-hmm. You you know, this this brain damage or this happened. You know, traumatic whatever when you were a kid or whatever. Not that those things aren't. Don't don't affect someone, but that is not what's really going on. What's really no. going on is a is a heart issue. And again, I would go back to Matt. You know, if you doubt that, go back and read Mark seven twenty through twenty three, where Jesus clearly says, "This is what defiles a person." Yeah, all these things that come out of the heart that end up being actions and words and attitudes that that's what defiles the man. And so you, you're you're absolutely right. And a lot of times with kids, what happens is they they misbehave, they misbehave, they misbehave, and we say, oh, man, their problem is biological. So we go to a doctor, they get pills, and then after a while, that stops working, so we right. go, oh, we got to change the pills. Right, change the medication. And so it's we change working. the medication because we're not dealing with things at a heart level. I was just thinking, I, I know several kids who've literally spent almost their entire childhood into their teens, you know, on medications... Mm. And, and whenever they would, you know, the behavior would start acting up, they'd go, oh, man, we need to do something here, doc. There's something going on here. Then they would go and they would change medication. And, and the problem is, is that you've never really dealt with the heart issue behind the behavior. Right. You, they've never, you know, they grew up in church. They never believed the gospel. They never, you know, gave their lives to Christ. But... But at home, they were never treated as if, you know, or looked at as if this is a inner man issue. Instead, it was completely treated as an outer man only issue. And therefore, they are victims of biology. I remember one time sitting in, sitting in, a, in a youth room talking to one of the youth, and he just starts spitting out all this psychology to me. And I'm like, you know, he, he, here's a kid who's like 16 years old, and he goes, yeah, I've been diagnosed as blah, 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 blah. And this is my problem, and you know my medication is off, so I had to go down here and get get an increase in in, in medication because you know the doctor said that blah blah blah, and he's throwing out all this like psychology vernacular at me, and I'm like, this dude knows his psychology, but he doesn't know his Bible, yeah. but he knows his psychology, yeah, and he can tell me everything that his doctors have ever told That's him about psychology. That's his gospel. That's his gospel. That's his gospel. Yeah, he's been is. trained on that. That's right. That's right. Yeah. You know, it's we're we're definitely over time, but it just made me it just think like if it's true 
that we are, that, that we are victims of our biology as we're yes. being taught, then how unjust is God to condemn us? Yes, that's right. Yeah. For something that is not our fault. That's right. Yeah. That doesn't seem right. Right. You know, it doesn't seem like a very just... And the Bible view. certainly never, never gives room for that kind of um, view that God has of man. Right. In, in fact, God's... God's view of man is only that he is guilty for right, his born. sin. Period. He, he is he is right. Yeah. Read Romans three. This is this yeah. is the natural man. The soul that sins yeah. will die. Yeah. Not the soul that sins uh unintentionally. Right. The, the soul, soul that sins, sins period. Period. And it's a spiritual soul. Yes. It spiritual is. inner man. Yeah, it is. That that that's very interesting. That if if God oh, and I, I was thinking too, like if it's no wonder then that you find a lot of young people very angry, yes, because they've been taught their whole life that they're victims. Mm-hmm. That makes life unfair. I mean, that, that makes God very cruel. Yes, and, and, then, and life, then God yeah. condemns them for their victimness. Like, what kind of a God is that? That's right. right? And that makes life unfair. Life is unfair. I'm just nothing but a I victim. Can't, can't do anything. About I it. can't help it, and yet you're treating me as if I can. Yeah. Interesting. There's all kinds of stuff. Yes. We, could, we could keep going with, with some of this, and I'll just say there's no such thing as ODD parents. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's no such thing. Yeah. Uh, if, if your kids are being tested, ask the doctor, what are you testing for, and how do you know that you found it? Yes. Uh, all right. This, is, this has been a good discussion. Hopefully helpful. We're, we're, we're at time here, so Thank you. yeah, in, enjoyed this. Yes. All right, thank you for listening. Again, the Ministry of Faith Baptist Church in Visalia. And if you are not part of a church or not part of a church that teaches the Scripture and things like what we discussed about, then come join us Sundays at 10.30 and 6 o'clock in the evening. We'll love to see you there. So until next time.